This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 116, for the week of February 17th, 2008. Welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. IG, wait, no. Daisenshu EX. <laughs> That's the correct answer. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bits of the entertaining. Hey, what's up, everyone? Yo, yo, yo. How you doing? Hey. No, I can't ask you. God, nah, I think we're at the point now where I can ask <laughs> Yeah, we actually doing. got a lot of our major wedding planning stuff out of the way in the span of a couple weeks. Well, before you care about who's getting married, we should introduce those people. Oh, uh, Although, yeah. I mean, if you're a regular listener or whatever, you, you know oh, this stuff. Oh, Mike. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna be uh, Julian a brushing, brushing, <laughs> a brushing blind. Uh, I do have quite good teeth hygiene, thank you. <laughs> Julian, you're a guy. Tell me about your teeth. <laughs> I just did, I think. Uh, I, I think you did. You're right. Well, uh, how are they? Um, well, not too bad since I got my wisdom teeth out last June. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, how about you two? Uh, fantastic. Let's go over here to my lesson proverbial right. That's the Mary. That's right. Hey, what's up with you? I am going to enjoy this long weekend. I am super psyched to hear that. I have busy. a four-day weekend. You only have three. Oh, beach. Makes me a really cool guy. Yeah, I guess. Yes. You're Mary. Mm-hmm. You come from templotrunks.com and the chair to my right. Nice. What a chair. Oh, what man. is that you're looking at on the Wikipedia? It is the Gar Dalam, which I can't, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, in Malta. It's a cave and it's got bones from the Ice Age from elephants and hippopotamus. And, that, that weird stuff you hear deer. is Mary turning away from the microphone to Sorry. look and read stuff off. Nice. I am looking on the Wikipedia's about neat destinations. Honeymoons, eh? Ah, yes, indeed. We're looking to it. Uh, so the person you are honeymooning with, uh, that's me. My name's Mike. I go by Vegito EX. Yeah, it's what you think. What do you mean it's what I think? Are you taking Julian? There's a lot of weird <laughs> stuff going on. I don't know what's going on here. It's a but mystery. Ah, uh, right. Well, if those are introductions, Julian, I'll take it over to you. Uh, I mean, we actually have spoken to you in the last week, so great. What's going on this last week? You tell me while I have a drink. Okay. Well, you know, I've been continuing the <clears throat> school thing. My uh, time at the elementary schools is finishing up, so I'm mostly at the middle schools now. Well, the single middle school now. But it continues to be interesting, and um, people continue to me- ask me random Dragon Ball questions without thinking I'll be able to answer, and when I do answer, they give me weird looks. Ah, nice. What's the latest question you've gotten? Oh, man, I forget. It was just some weird thing. I think it was having to do with Frieza or something, and I asked, like, I, I mentioned one of his, like, throwaway henchmen, and they're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Were they like, whoa? I don't know if that was an impressed whoa or a whoa, that's scary kind of thing. Or a very frightened whoa. (laughs) Whichever. But the students themselves are all occupied with end-of-year stuff, and the third years have their high school entrance exams. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, they've got stuff going on. But um, if I may, I think... If I may... I would like to suggest a small island nation in the Western Pacific is an interesting uh, <laughs> location for Hollywood. We've thought about it. I think it's more of a, a, a time and a nerdy thing that we don't want to do. <laughs> Well, we do want to go. Doing. Yeah, we, we do want to go. I don't know if it's a honeymoon thing, though. Okay. I can easily see, you know, telling our relatives, oh, we're going to Japan for our honeymoon, and then just rolling their eyes because yeah. you know what giant nerds we are. <laughs> yes. And they're just going there to buy cartoons. 
Well, you know, you could schedule it to be, you know, like out at a ryokan in the country with an. Yeah, but no one knows that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, well, you'd probably just end up buying anime stuff anyway. Ah, probably. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you for your suggestion. I will take it into consideration because you're an awesome guy. Okay. Let's uh, continue onwards, I guess, briefly. Mary, you getting stuff? Hello? I do have stuff, but I don't know if I can talk about it or not. But it's not Dragon Ball stuff. Uh, no. We'll okay. talk about that later. Okay. I got some stuff. And by extension, it, it's you. Oh, yeah, this is awesome. And it is Dragon Ball, so it today. is. So our friend Bob, or Ashukun, was in Japan. Uh, a bunch of friends actually took a little trip a couple weeks or a month ago. It was during New like Year's, that. I think. Oh, was it during New Year's? Or Christmas. Talk. During the winter holidays. Well, it was a little bit ago. And um, he was saying, oh, we picked you up something. I'm going to send it to you. And then he forgot to send it. And then finally he sent it. So this is a Dragon Ball Z. They call it a sound drop. Do you know what this is, Julian? I heard of those things. It's like the little keychains and you press a button. And yeah, they- yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got this. Here, let me play this one for you. It has three different things that you can hear. Aw, yeah. <laughs> Word. Yeah, it's awesome. So I just go around press and I'm like, It's awesome. Oh, boy. I'm just going to bring this to work and just randomly press it. I know, especially since... <laughs> you won't be there much longer. <laughs> what the hell like, hey, bitches, I got Woo-hoo! this. I think you finally lost it. <laughs> that Mike's flipped his wig. Wig? <laughs> ah, so there you go. That's my Dragon Ball stuff. Uh, let's talk about this episode that we got going on. We're going to be doing a mini topic, uh, I guess in response to an email we gotten. We're pretty much going to put focus on the news and some of the emails this episode. We're going to chill and just have some casual conversation, fun stuff. And uh, I guess that's really what's going on. So, Unless anyone has any objections, let's do the news. Hi. So there's actually two things that popped up the day before I put up the last podcast episode. So they were missed in the last episode. We'll talk about them now. The site IGN, we've mentioned them. It looks like they're covering Dragon Ball a lot lately. They put up another article. Uh, David Smith over there in their anime section. This was called Knock'em Dead Goku. I don't quite understand the title and what it's really talking maybe it's talking about Toriyama and like knocking their socks off with the humor because that's what this article is really all about it's about Toriyama and his writing style and how he does his comedy mentions Dr. Slump a little bit of Nekomajin there's nothing in there that I guess like visitors and listeners of Daisenshu BX wouldn't know already but it's nice to see somewhat authoritatively written material on another site like that. Mary, I think you may have perused it a little no, bit. No, I didn't. Oh, no. At all. Oh. I didn't know this news existed. I'm sorry. Oh. Julian, did you read it? Um, actually, I didn't. So let's read it now. <laughs> so I'm the only one who's talking. Oh, whatever. You I mean, you guys can all go read it later. I guess it was the last thing on IG, and I remember that you were talking. Because you did the top five afterwards. Mm-hmm. I remember. Okay, never mind. Well, that's that. Go check that out. Let's uh, move on. Another site out there, GameTrailers.com. They put up a video review of Budokai Tenkaichi 3, or the Budokai game, whatever. You know, that's how they all call it. Uh, Mary, you and I, I know you and I yes. watched this together. Unless, like, someone came and wiped my memory clean. <laughs> um, what'd you think about it? I thought it was extremely fair, but um, in some ways a little hard, which is odd considering we were hard in our review, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I felt defensive about. But, you know, you were saying it was, because we watched a couple other their Dragon Ball game reviews. It was weird listening to other people talk about Dragon Ball. Maybe that's why I was defensive. It's like, that's our territory. (laughs) You're not allowed to do that. Enjoyment of this game will depend entirely on what players are looking for. 
If you just want the ability to beat the crap out of various Dragon Ball characters without having to invest a bunch of time into learning intricate special moves, then Tenkaichi 3 delivers. But if you're looking for a semi-serious fighter, this is definitely not the game for you. Dragon Ball is a button masher through and through. Uh, yeah, like you said, I thought it was very fair. It falls very much in line with IGN's review, our review of it. So, uh, so be it. I think the user score on there was, again, something really ridiculous, like a 9, where theirs was in the 7s or something like that. But uh, that was out there. So now we're going to move on to the new news. We had a little discussion about this on our forum. It's not Dragon Ball related at first, but then it seems like it will be. So Viz is doing that Viz Big stuff, the 3-in-1 omnibus volumes, you know, they're re-releasing stuff in this bigger format. So Kenshin just came out. Now, one of the users on our forum was like, hey, um, some of these pages look like they were originally in color, but they're black and white over here. Um, when Andrew left last came back from Japan, he actually brought back the first two Kenshin Kunzenban for us. So I was like, oh, I, I can actually check this over in you know, this volume over here. And sure enough, they're in color over in the Japanese release, but they're black and white over in this new Viz release. It sounds like the first chapter had the color pages, but the later stuff didn't. So Julian, you're my manga guy. Give me some thoughts on this. Um, well, first of all, are the pages that are rendered in black and white by Viz two-color, or are they full-color in the original? Oh, you mean over in the Kanzenban, the Japanese release? It was full-color yeah. It was full color over there. I see. But my first thought was that maybe they were, you know, rendering the full-color pages in color and then the two-color ones in black and white, which to me wouldn't be so bad. Although what that sounds like is maybe similar to what, what happened with the, um, was it the re-release of the Sailor Moon manga from a few years ago where... From what I understand, the first few pages were done in color, but the um, rest of the color pages in the volume were still black and white. Yeah, over in Kenshin, it's uh, the beginning of Chapter 4. I believe it's only three pages, but they are full color. I see. <clears throat> so in that case, um, it sounds like something similar to what I just mentioned, in that they're putting, if like the first few color pages of the volume are in color, but the rest of the formerly colored pages are not. Yeah. Which is kind of confusing because you feel like if you're going to do it at all, just do it all the way. But yeah, exactly. I think that's what the main concern was. Like we're, you know, we're paying a little extra. We're getting the three in one. This is supposed to be like the ultimate awesome edition, and it's just another American release that, for whatever reason, just doesn't live up to you know what the Japanese release has been recently. So that's kind of sad. Um, Mary, any thoughts on the manga? I mean, for all we own all of this early stuff from Viz and the cons. Bon actually too so um, I don't think we'd pick I mean it would up. be nice if they did it but um, you know I'm kind of used to seeing stuff in grayscale so yeah. I probably wouldn't think twice about it if I hadn't known about you know this going on gotcha well now you know and, and now it'll probably bug me now knowledge know. is power <laughs> <laughs> Ignorance right. is bliss. Let's uh, move on. Let's talk about some video game stuff. You know we have to. Dragon Ball Online is uh, indeed being resurrected from the depths of, like, no information. Not only do we have a, an actual promotional video or a trailer, but we have some, like, leaked gameplay footage as well. Julian, did you get a chance to check any of this out? I know Mary and I did. Yeah, I actually saw some of it. It looks interesting. All right, give me some thoughts on the trailer then. What do you think? Um, well, um, the trailer itself was... I was kind of surprised to see stuff actually from Dragon Ball scenes. Yeah. I was wondering what they're going to do with that. Is it like time travel or what? That's what it seems to be. Like at the end, you you see the new characters from Dragon Ball Online, probably characters you make, show up at the original Goku Vegeta fight, and it looks like they're helping Goku fight Vegeta. 
So maybe you're going to be able to do some of those. I mean, I don't know anything about MMOs, how they work, like what you do for quests and stuff like that. So maybe after you level up a bit, maybe some end game content is traveling back in time and affecting some battles. What do you think about the opening there where the dude's flipping through the pages and it starts off and you see like the last Budokai and kind of skips ahead to the later age? That was a nice attention to detail. Yes. Finally, the official romanization of the year system for the Dragon Ball universe is rendered as age, just so we don't have any doubt. Uh, Julian, what, real quick, because I know it's it's pretty easy to explain. What's the deal here? Okay, so there's a particular calendar system used in the Dragon World, and it's always in the past been rendered as age in Kana, um, and due to certain um, translations in the past... Um, <coughs> I can, Greg. <laughs> yeah, basically. <clears throat> so I don't know if Greg Werner started it, but he was certainly probably one of the most effective in propagating this, but he rendered it as AD. Um, Which is not correct. Right, and it, well, and it made a lot of a lot of fans over the years kind of try to assume that it happened in like the AD 700s of our calendar. <laughs> right, whatever, right, right. Which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> no, but it's so age 1000 kind of thing. Yeah. It's their own system for counting years. Yeah. Well, the Dragon Ball stuff happens in like the age 700s. Right, right. All right. But that that's what we got. Cool. Um, about that gameplay footage, Mary, you and I just watched that. Any thoughts on what was going on in there? I was surprised at how good it looks. It actually did look pretty good. I was noticing, um, you know, some of the other characters that were in there. That Namekian towards the beginning looked like he might be uh, Morty, and towards the end we had Raditz showing up and the farmer, and it looked like pretty clean and pretty crisp. Julian, did you get a chance to see this one? Uh, I think so. Is it the one they're fighting the dinosaur? And yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah, they're fighting the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It didn't look like it like had traditional like meter and points taken off. They just kind of beat on it till its size went all spinny. <laughs> it's a Dragon Ball game. Early on, you got to fight dinosaurs. That's how it works. So that appears to be Dragon Ball Online stuff for now. We'll move on to other video game things, but this seems to be music-related. Julian, you take this one away. The Super Survivor CD looks like it has a near-final track listing. So, uh, surprisingly, we have eight tracks, which is a bit odd for a single of any sort, even a maxi-single, really. But it looks like we have... As we expected, you know, the traditional on and off vocal or regular karaoke versions of Super Survivor and Kiseki no Hodo Yomo Yagare, which are the themes to which games again? That would be Sparking Meteor and the upcoming Burst Limit, respectively. Ah, okay. But, interestingly, we have four more things on here, two of which appear to be English versions of the above songs. All right. Hold the phone right there. What do you mean English versions of these songs? The general consensus is that these are going to be the versions of these songs which that appeared in, say, the American release of the game. I can't imagine that Hironobu Kakeyama recorded English versions of these two songs, kind of like he did back in the day with uh, Hechala, We Got a Power, and Bokutachi. But wouldn't it be cool if he did? It would be fucking awesome, and I really hope they are because what the hell do i care about the you know the american releases of these non-songs yeah, awesome i look forward to it and i hope i'm not disappointed but as things traditionally go i will be but julian there's two other tracks listed what's up here two other tracks is that uh, don't have any names listed but they say image song now these are generally songs that are in the same style as the others are based along the same theme but they haven't actually been used in anything so they list them under the group term of image song and throw them in anyway. Cool. 
Um, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be Hironobu Kageyama. He seems to be the only one really attributed to this release thus far. But uh, new stuff from him, be it from the series or not, looking forward to it. Let's keep it in Japan very briefly for one more thing. Uh, what's Oricon, Julian? Something to do with DVD Oricon, rankings? Yeah, it's basically the rankings for sales of all things. For CDs in particular, it's kind of like the equivalent of the U.S. Billboard charts. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense then. Um, we just saw this pop up today as of recording Dragon Ball GT Volumes 1 and 2 debuting at number 1 and 2 respectively for the week of February 6th to 12th. So even the Japanese are picking up the early GT stuff. So uh, there you go with that. We have one last thing for news here. This is over in the U.S. Mary. Mary Bandai's got some stuff going on. They had a little press release about their 2008 lineup and the showcase from the 2008 American International Toy Fair, which seems really strange phrasing to me. American International? Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of a joke. All right. Cruise through this. What do they got to say? Sure. They say Dragon Ball Z. Bandai America celebrates its triumphant return in 2008 as master toy licensee for Dragon Ball Z, considered one of the most successful anime properties from Japan for over the last 11 years. Fans of Goku, Gohan, and all the Dragon Ball characters will have access to exclusive Exclusive products in the spring, including four is that inches. Yeah, yes, that'd be scary if that was foot. <laughs> four four inch collectible figures and highly detailed two and a half figures direct from Japan. In the fall, kids can build their ultimate Dragon Ball Z collection with exciting new toys designed for the U.S. market, like the two and a half inch flash charger figures that transforms characters into their energized forms, and eight inch power boost figures with muscles that expand and break through the character's energy force. The unique six and a half energy battle set offers figures that respond to one another through infrared technology allowing kids to battle their characters and perform their and perform their final attack moves to defeat their opponent kids can also mimic goku's final attack which one um that's just a side note um with the brand's first role play set the kamehameha wristbands ah that final attack okay then (laughs) (laughs) the only thing i really have to comment on here is from japan for over the last 11 years are they saying that 11 years in the u.s or 11 years in Japan because you just said the word Japan and Dragon Ball's over 20 years old in Japan but it's probably 11-ish years no it's because it came out in 95 here. anyways thoughts on figures with expanding muscles that break through the limits of their uh, it seems late <laughs> it makes you giggle why does it make you giggle there's a picture here too you can check this out on our homepage I don't know it just uh, it, it's one of those things that sound kind of absurd and yet it's totally like what you have for action figures and gimmicks and stuff. If I was 12, I'd be so into this. <laughs> or if you have the mindset of a 12-year-old, you can be you know, totally into this. Well, I can't entirely deny that part, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm beyond the um, collecting every single action figure stage. Yes. I'd rather have something that just kind of stands there and looks stands cool. Stands there and looks cool. <laughs> exactly. I do need to call shenanigans on something in here. The brand's first roleplay set, the Kamehameha wristbands, we've had those in the U.S. before. I remember the little slips of paper that came with some of those figures that we used to have, and they have the little wristband things, and I think someone has to scan their form somewhere. This existed before. All I have to say about that. That appears to be the news for the last week. What a wallop. Ah, uh, wallop indeed. And on the subject of walloping, or, uh, uh topic. Julian, we have an email here, so, you know, we're not really in the emails yet, but we're going to use this email as the topic. So why don't you read the email here from Luigi? Here we go. Oh, I mean, anyway. Dear Mike, Mary, Julian, and everyone else, looking around, crickets chirped. 
I guess it's just us today. But anyway, hello. I am a new listener, and I just wanted to let you know that you guys have a really awesome podcast. Thank you. Anyway, I especially love Mary's top five lists in the manga review of awesomeness. I just wanted to share a funny story with you all. Remember Oregon Trail? Well, I was playing it the other day, and I decided to fill my wagon train with Dragon Ball characters. It was pretty amusing. Vegeta got cholera. Goku got... (laughs) (laughs) Goku got bit by a rattlesnake three times, and then died of a cold. At one point, there were rocks obstructing the path, and we had to wait for another group to help us clear the path because we couldn't move the rocks by ourselves. Piccolo fell out of the wagon and got internal injuries and a concussion. (laughs) In the end, we ran out of food and all starved to death. Good times. I mean, I suppose that would happen if you have two Saiyajin in the same wagon. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I hope that amused you guys. Keep up the great podcast. You're all pretty cool guys. Oh, that was a fantastic story. And we're going to use this as the basis for this topic, which is, I think, primarily going to be Mary talking about something. And that's just stupid stuff we've done like that with Dragon Ball characters and names and stupid stuff and having fun with stupid stuff and... Vegeta died of cholera. I love it. Mary, take it away. All what, right. what have you done? I have enough to fill a book. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, so, give us a brief snippet okay. of some oh, of God. these amazing examples. The weirdest thing that, for the life of me, I simply cannot explain is back in high school, and I'm, it's definitely too old for this at this point. I was probably a junior <laughs> or a senior in high school, and I had this friend, Melinda, who, you know, normally I'm very quiet. I like going to school. I, you know, I, I do my studies and I listen in class, but you pair me up with this girl, and I become like a crazy woman who doesn't pay attention and is like making stupid jokes and nutty so the two of us were quite the pair and we had gym class together and we got to the bat bitten i guess portion of gym class andrew and i kicked ass at that during oh i'm gonna have to hold you to that yes anyways continue so or maybe it was tennis i I mean we did both but now that i think about it i think it was tennis so we were outside playing tennis and i decided where the hell are you going with this We decided to name the tennis ball so that every time we whacked it, we had to say the name of the ball as we, like, hit it and cause it pain. So I named it Chibi Trunks. So we're hitting this ball back and forth. They're like, Chibi Trunks! And we hit the ball. And I don't know why we did How this. How old were you? Way too old to be doing shit like that. Oh and she God. had no idea what I was talking about because she didn't watch Dragon Ball. She, so as far as she was concerned, you were just uttering gibberish when you hit a tennis ball. She was in on it, too. Wow. What that, did she call it? Same thing? Yeah, we just had, like, this Chibi Trunks running joke. We started calling, like, stuff Chibi Trunks. Oh I don't God. understand why. Yeah, this example is horrific. Please give me something <laughs> else. Okay, well... You know that's recorded now, and once yes. it's on the internet, it never goes away. <laughs> okay. oh, With that so in mind, continue. Well, there's my Trunks feature films, and that's doing weird things that, at Dragon that, Ball. That's very true. I mean, you did those. Just for anyone who doesn't know, when you were, uh, in fact, too old to be doing this... <laughs> Yes, again, too old to be doing this. What were you this. doing with your action figures for on, your website? Okay, on my website, the most popular section was probably the Trunks feature film section. And I got this idea from another site that had still images of Mr. T, but they put pictures of anime characters in it and put word balloons on him. So I thought, oh, it would be cool to do something similar to that, but instead of Mr. T, I would just take photos of action figures, and instead of you know word balloons, I would just write my own dialogue underneath it in text. So I achieved this by using my Dragon Ball Z action figures, both domestic and imported, put them in compromising positions and made little stories about them, put them on my site and wrote stories in text. Stories. Stories. 
Yes, nice, very obscure reference. Is it really? Yeah. Continue. So, I mean, that's all there is to it other than some pretty crazy shit. Well, I know you have some computer game stuff as well. Oh, right. Very similar to Oregon Trail, but I don't think anyone died of cholera. No, but they should (laughs) have. In fact, if you play this game right, you can kill off your people very nicely. So I haven't (laughs) done this for The Sims 2 yet, but for the original Sims on the PC, I remember downloading a bunch of Dragon Ball Z skins, like Obama and Vegeta, throwing them in a house, making them totally incompatible with each other, and then, like, having them cheat on other people. If I remember correctly, you would also make doors to rooms, put people in rooms, and then remove the door and let them die in the room. I only did that, like, once, just because I heard other people doing it. Did you do it in the pool where you took yes. away the pool ladder? Yes. So they just had to swim until they drowned? <laughs> Pretty much. people aren't well, smart enough to the... just climb out of the pool the rest of the way. <laughs> I know, exactly. So what did some of these Dragon Ball characters do other than just simply not being compatible with one another? Well, I remember not playing with them very much because the skins were very ugly. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe for The Sims 2, they're a lot better. Do you have any other stuff like that? If, or... I, if I remember something during the course of the conversations, I'll let you know. All right. Julian, do you have any examples of something like this uh, video? Video games or otherwise or anything like that? Well, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> once or twice when I was younger, I'd take like action figures and put them in like improbable situations with characters from other series, you know, like Goku <laughs> oh versus God. Luke Skywalker. And- uh-huh. So you made your own like mobile fanfics with figures. Oh my God, I did that too. Well, I, I don't know I, if I'd call it a fanfic, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. One of the uh, things that, you know, I haven't done with the characters since I'm not so good at, like, editing video and stuff, but one of the ideas I bounced off of you for, like, a, a, a mad type thing is, you know, those stupid, like, dating simulator games they have in Japan? and Ah, uh, yes, I there's, do. Like, I am very familiar. Smorgasbord of females who are all impossibly good-looking and all embody some kind of stereotype. And, and you gotta get them to take the clothes off! And the idea was to take the opening of such a game, which usually has a very peppy sort of techno song and very high-quality graphics, and put Dragon Ball characters to it just because it's so absurd. Yeah, that's what Mads are. And make them fit all sorts of stereotypes. Like, Vegeta would obviously be the one who is very cold and mean at first, but warms up over time. He'd be totally Sundari. That's the word. Anyway, but that's not something that I think ever actually happened, because in spite of it being a really funny idea, it would no, take a lot No, that would take us off. like five years to do. Yeah, exactly. But we always wanted to do a Dragon Ball Man. Yeah, we do, but uh, the time and effort and energy and mm-hmm. lack of motivation to put that much effort into something. But the idea is funny. Well, it, it is indeed. Well, I don't know. It's funny in theory, but I don't know if it would be funny in practice. Maybe funny to Japanese people. Well, true enough. I'm trying to think if I had any weird stuff like that. And I just know every once in a while I would name characters in video, like RPGs. I would just give them random names. I think Shining Force 2, if you put in a special code at the beginning, you can do all sorts of crazy shit, like rename every single last character in the game. I'm pretty sure I named everyone a combination of friend names and Dragon Ball characters, which was really strange going throughout the game, having Mike talking to Vegito or something weird like that. <laughs> Very much confused me. But, uh, you know, other than that, I don't think I have anything that quite lives up to the, the legendary tale of Oregon Trail and Vegeta dying of cholera. <laughs> I think that takes the cake there. Though maybe I'll have to develop something just so I can top that and put them into impossible situations. 
I don't know. So uh, what have you guys done with this kind of stupid stuff? This seems like the perfect kind of conversation to get experiences from everyone else. With every podcast episode, we have a thread over on our forum to tell us what you have done and what you think and all that stuff. So uh, let us know. With that done, we really don't have any releases, but uh, we do have Julian and a continuation of DBZ ABCs. All right, so what is this? Oh, it's one of the planets that uh, Goku, Pan, and Trunks land on in the course of their searching for the Black Star Dragon Balls. It is a planet that has a lot to do with uh, commerce. So Imega is a pun on the Japanese word gametsu, which means stingy. Because it has to do with commerce, and it's a word that talks yes. about being stingy. But you also get interesting characters on the planet like Nejik, which is an anagram of Kureji. Which is credit. Oh, all right. Mm. Cool. <coughs> mm-hmm. I guess that's a pretty simple one. Is there anything else to go along with that? And of course, Donkia, whose name is an anagram of Akindo, which means merchant. So there you go. It's a planet that's covered by commerce and such and all that stuff. I um, didn't really see this part of the series, so I can't really see <laughs> but, more than that, but. Good enough. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Well, that was uh, your ABCs for this week. So we did A-E. That means ooh is next week, correct? Right. Cool. Well, I look forward to that next week. With that done, like I said, there's really no releases, so we're going to do a couple quick emails. Uh, Julian, I will read this first email here. This is towards you, and it's not really Dragon Ball related, but we'll go ahead and go through it anyways. This comes from Lance. Lance says, hopefully Julian will be around for this week's podcast because this question is specifically for him. It's not Dragon Ball related, but hopefully you'll answer it for me anyway. I have my Jet interview this coming Wednesday. Since I know that you have already been through that, I was wondering if maybe you had some tips. What was your interview like? Is there anything in particular I should know when I go from mine? Keep up the great work as usual, and I can't wait for the next podcast. Well, I don't know how valuable my um, advice would be since in spite of having the interview, I didn't actually get selected. I was waitlisted, which was um, rather like a kind of purgatory where you're not not selected and you're not selected, so you're just kind of there. Uh, But anyway, uh, first of all, I'd say even before the interview, the key is to make sure you are there with some time to spare. The day, okay, I was interviewing in New York City at the Japanese consulate, and the weather the day of was absolutely horrendous. The cars were sliding around on the road, and buses were severely delayed. I got to the consulate with just enough time to spare to not be disqualified from taking the interview. So always try to get there as early as possible. Keep traffic conditions in mind. However you're getting there, figure it out beforehand. The interview itself, you know, dress nice, be polite, be enthusiastic, emphasize the kind of things that you can bring to the JET program, particularly with sharing your own kind of uh, culture and what maybe things that make you unique over other people. If you're going for an ALT, you don't have to worry about the Japanese portion, which I think is probably what got me not selected for the CIR. But, um, I mean, that's the main things I can really suggest. I have a friend who's um, in college uh, a senior this year at the school I went to is also taking an interview, so I've been giving her some of the similar advice. And, you know, if all goes well, we'll see where that goes. Anyhow, good luck, and um, good luck. <laughs> cool. Actually, Andrew's supposed to be here any minute, so um, if he happens to show up and has any thoughts, we'll uh, make him speak into a microphone real quick. In the meantime, Mary, you're going to read the next email here from Gabe. Okay. 
Hey, Gabe. Gabe writes, listening to some past podcast episodes, I've noticed that you guys always bring up how Japanese interviews and stuff like the Daisenshu tend to give incredibly vague answers or bits of information, i.e. he's a pretty cool guy. I'm sure it just can't be with the Dragon Ball series, since I remember watching an interview with the Japanese animators for another anime, in which all their answers were incredibly vague. Needless to say, it wasn't the most interesting of DVD special features. Is this just some sort of cultural thing? Thanks for reading and keep up the good work. You know, we make fun of this all the time. I know. Julian, yes. give us some thoughts on this. Oh, it's just sometimes that, you know, I think a lot of things are expected to be known by the fans already. Sometimes they do give pretty detailed information, but in the little blurbs that some fans who can't read them attach such extreme importance to tend not to be all that informative. They kind of state the obvious, like the little captions and stuff. Right. What about interviews and responses to questions and stuff like that? I see this all the time leading into Sparking Meteor, the developer interviews. It was all like this. What is it with uh, the Japanese and responses? Well, the uh, Japanese staff actually tend to be much more informative. I remember reading some Toriyama interviews, which I do intend to translate somewhere along the line. But... Um, they do tend to provide interesting snippets, and while it isn't always something you didn't know before, just their own perspective on it is kind of enlightening. You can't really say the same thing for, like, the developer of a video game who's kind of, you know, extraneous to yeah, the whole thing anyway. True enough. Yeah. So in that respect, it's interesting. You know, I mean, it's not always that detailed because they expect people to have the context already. Gotcha. Mary, we've watched a lot of stuff like this, and we're just like, you're not saying anything of any importance. They're just kind of sitting there. They're all very, like, yes, sir kind of answers. They almost, like, just restate the question. Yes! Just yes. as a sentence. I've noticed that a lot. It's like, wow, thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we definitely notice it, too. Uh, Julian, do you think it has something to do just with the, the general humbleness of the language and the culture? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it has to do with the kind of interview. Obviously, a corporate affair is going to be different from, say, this is aimed at the fans kind of thing. And then that's also very true, yeah. Um, particularly, you know, with the author of a series or the voice actors, they tend to be much more candid in their responses. And sometimes they do agree wholeheartedly with the interview, but they do point out, for example, if something was not the case. Do you have any examples of this? I'm trying to think what off the top of my head. Because <laughs> it sounded like you did, but it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was grasping for something that I had that slipped my mind. Um, uh, that's all right. Oh, well. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, we noticed that too, Gabe. Uh, we're there with you. Let's uh, take the last email here. Julian, um, you haven't read one yet. You've just answered. So why don't you read this last one here from Stuart? This one comes from Stuart. This is Stu576, and I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, and I love it. I live in Scotland, and I am a freaking huge DBZ fan. I have some questions I need answered. Uh, there's a whole bunch of questions, so we're just taking a couple quick ones here. In one episode, Piccolo says that villains do not get to keep their bodies. So why do we see Frieza and Cell with their bodies? And my second question is, at the end of DBZ, a wish is made to restore back to life the people of Earth who died when Babidi arrived on Earth, except the evil ones. Therefore, why is Pilaf alive in GT? Thank you for that uh, phenomenal uh, interpretive uh, reading there. It, it was... Um, a, a bit shaky in parts, but it was better than I expected. <laughs> I appreciate Whoa! it. It's open. That would be Andrew. Hey. You know there's a bridge out coming over here? Whoa. Oh, old Trenton Road? Yeah, I got, like, lost. Aww. You didn't follow the detour signs? Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> we have a question to get back to you very quickly, so hang on. 
Let's answer Stuart's questions here really fast. Uh, villains and keeping their bodies. I know we've mentioned this in the past, but it's one of those questions that you need to bring up every once in a while. It needs to get reiterated. This seems to be uh, a victim of filler in the TV series and the desire to show people who are dead and should actually not really have bodies anymore. Julian, any other thoughts on that? Um, that That's pretty informative. Oh, okay. Uh, last thing then. Uh, people, back to life, except... The, the evil ones, except Pilaf is still alive. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on this? Is Pilaf really evil? I think that's really he the big question. He tries so hard to be. He is in his own mind. All right. I, well, why does he actually do anything actually bad? Do we ever see him actually do anything farted. bad? He released Piccolo. <laughs> oh, right. I don't think he knew what he was really getting himself into there. True. So can that really be evil? I don't know. So uh, I think that really answers Stuart's questions. So getting back to the original question from Lance, Andrew, general uh, advice for a jet interview. Um, just be, just show your enthusiasm for um, wanting to teach. That's a big part. If you're doing the teaching part, if you're doing the uh, other part, the coordinator part, um, you you, you want to show enthusiasm for being for going over there. You want to show that you're excited about learning new things. That you're there to experience Japan as well as there for a job. Um, you don't want to give the impression you're there for vacation or you're there because, you know, for some other reason. And be yourself. Um, just be relaxed. Don't get intimidated. My my uh, setting was pretty intimidating. Yeah. And uh, I have a funny story about how stupid I looked during my interview. <laughs> oh yeah, tell us. Hold on, let me move the mic a little closer, dude. Uh, when I went to my interview, uh, it was in New York City. And I had a bad experience last time I was in the subway where two homeless guys got in a fight with knives. And <laughs> I decided that I was not going to take the subway that day, so I was going to walk from Penn Station over to the consulate. So it was a very, very windy, cold day. There was still snow on the ground. And um, I kept putting on a lot of chapstick. And so I went to my interview, and uh, I was in the waiting room with the other Jets, and you know we talked and mingled. In the meantime, you kind of despise the other people because they're they're, they're trying competition. to get yeah they're yeah. trying to get the same position you are, and um, but obviously you can't be like well fuck you <laughs> yeah. right. But um, anyway, so I went on my interview and I was relaxed. It was a very intimidating setting. Um, they'll ask you questions about your teaching experience. They'll ask you why you want to go over there. And uh, every once in a while, they'll throw like a little surprise your way. And, and my surprise was they said, okay, let's role play and pretend this is the first day of class. Uh, do an introduction lesson. Oh. And, you, you know, be prepared for that type of thing to, um, you know, that type of thing will happen. You've got to be prepared for it. So uh, um, improvisation is, is practice it. <laughs> right. But, but at the same time, don't try and make it seem too... Um, force that that like you're too prepared they don't want that either but i know there's more to the story so anyway so i did my whole interview and it was great this whole time i'd never gone to the bathroom or anything the whole time i was in the consulate they they pat you down and they have security and i talked to all these people so i finally after the interview i go to the bathroom and i look in the mirror and i see i have this giant glob of chopstick Chopstick, uh, 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 chapstick, <laughs> on my lip. It looks like it looks like herpes or something. It looked really, really bad, and I could not believe that I had done my whole interview with that. And I said, "Oh my God, what must they think of me?" And but it worked. I got I I was. They took me, and I don't know if yeah. uh, they ignored it 
I don't know if they just thought, well, he's got deformity, we'll leave him alone. <laughs> or maybe he's got a bad case of herpes, and I got some sympathy out of that. So I don't know. But uh, that's, that's my Jet story. Just, uh, just be prepared for anything. Um, Thoughts but, on acknowledging whether or not you like anime? I was never asked that. They didn't would ask you, me that Would either. you say don't say it unless they ask you about it? If they ask you about it, uh, I would say... Yeah, I enjoy it. Keep it cool. But keep it cool, like, play it as not being a big deal. They're not not interested in uh, bringing, you know, uh, uh, otaku over. Yeah. Uh, They they have become weird about that. I've actually had um, some people tell me that that they're looking to not have people go over there because they're anime fans because they have had problems um, with people who are big anime fans and then they discover... Hey, Japan's not really like it is in anime. Not everyone is white, has spiky hair, and can fly. What is this? I'm going home. So, um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if it's a big hobby of yours and they ask you about it, um, I think it's fine to answer. Yeah, I like it, whatever. But um, I don't make it be a big deal. I would not say, for example... Oh, I learned a lot of my Japanese through anime. <laughs> Especially Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. Balance it out with knowledge of actual Japanese history and such. <laughs> Makes you sound like you're actually interested in learning things about Japan that is, rather than Japan that exists in uh, cartoons. Right, so. Well, uh, thank you both of you. Appreciate that. We're going to wrap up the episode now. So, Mary, if you're going to send an email to the show, I always ask you, where do you send it? You'd send all emails to podcast at com. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X.com. Word. Absolutely correct. So I guess that's going to be the end of the episode. We'll be back next week with 117. We're uh, cruising along in the numbers here. Let's yes. just, well, you got something to say? You're just going to cut me off. Whatever. I it's cool. yes. Oh, okay. Mary, let's yes. get rid of you first. All right. <laughs> how I know how you're doing. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Temple of Trunks, plug it and all that shit. Sure. Temple of Trunks, www.temploturunks.com is the website. And you know what? I embarrassed myself in front of all my coworkers today by telling them that really? I've been running my website for 10 years now. Aww. I kind of got myself in a hole, so I figured out I'll just go in. <laughs> just go with it. <laughs> Take it all the way down to China. China, right? Pretty much. Ah, fun. All right, thanks. We'll see you next week. Julian, you and I, we run a site called Aizen Shui X. You're listening to a podcast with that same yes. name, so it must be related or something like that. What's up? Yes. Uh, so we are at X, and we've been around for a while now, haven't we? Word, dude. Yes. Well, we can be found at http colon slash slash www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. Yes, so uh, that's it. Thanks, uh, Temple of Trunks, Daizen X. We'll see you next week. we got some really awesome stuff coming up. The uh, manga review of Awesomeness will continue. We have some guests lined up and confirmed. We'll be doing some interviews and really quite conversational topics in the future, so look forward to that. Julian, I suppose I should tell you about all that. And uh, we're moving onwards towards uh, more than 116 episodes. I don't know. So that uh, wraps it up. So for Mary over here and for Julian and for me, Mike, Fujito EX. Um, that's it. Julian, do it. Daisenshu EX Podcast. Let's see. I got to decide what level of politeness I want to do. Uh,